First Chronicles chapter 27. And would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Unusual passage of Scripture that I'm reading from, and there's a particular phrase that I'm going to capture here in a little bit. But First Chronicles chapter 27, beginning of verse 25. This is speaking of those that David, King David, has put in charge of his resources. And over the king's treasures was Asmaveth, the son of Adiel, and over the storehouses in the fields, in the cities, and in the villages, and in the castles of Jehonathan, the son of Uzziah. And over them that did the work of the field for tillage of the ground was Ezrai, the son of Chelu. Over the vineyards was Shimei, the Ramathite. Over the increase of the vineyards for the wine cellars was Zabdi, the Shephite. Shephamite. Over the olive trees and the sycamore trees that were in the low plains was Belhanan, the Gatorite. And this next phrase is really where I want to capture your attention. And over the sellers of oil was Joash. Over the herds that fed in Sharon was Shitrai, the Sharonite. And over the herds that were in the valleys was Shaphat, the son of Adlai. Over the camels also was Obil, the Ishmaelite, and over the asses were Jebdeiah, the Moronathite, and over the flocks was Jazes, the Hagarite. All these were the rulers of the substance which was King David's. Pray with me, Father. Thank you for the Word of God. Every part of the Word of God is important. It's divinely inspired. And for these next few moments, Lord, would you just speak to our hearts in a special way? You know what I have prayed and sought for this week. And I pray that every heart that is in here this morning has come to receive from the Word of God. I thank you for your Word. That that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May it come alive in our spirit today. And we'll give you thanks and we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today about being a keeper of the oil. Verse 28 again. A phrase actually in verse 28. It says, and over the sellers of oil was Joash. I cannot seem to shake the need to speak on the oil of the Holy Spirit. And how desperate we must become to have the oil of His Spirit working in our lives and in our families. Two weeks ago, I stood behind the sacred desk and I talked to you about the desperate need for oil, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. 
In that message from 2 Kings chapter 4, let me just briefly rehearse it. We shared about a, a widow woman, and she had been left with great debt when her husband passed away. And she was desperate for the debt to be paid because if she did not pay the debt, her sons would become slaves to the creditors. Very important. It was a dire situation. It was a desperate circumstance. And all she had to her name was a pot of oil. It was, in fact, her most valuable resource. It was her only resource. And it was what she needed more of. So, she was instructed by the prophet first to borrow as many vessels as she could. Go to all your neighbors. Exhaust yourself getting as many vessels as you possibly can. Her and the boys went out. They gathered as many vessels as they possibly could. It wasn't just enough to get vessels. She was also instructed to make sure to borrow as many empty vessels as possible. That was very important. Do not borrow vessels that are partially filled. They've got a little bit of oil in them. If they got half a container full, if they're almost full, do not borrow any vessels that have any oil in them at all. The only reason, let me just stop here and say, the only reason that the oil stops flowing in the house of God is that there are no longer any vessels ready to receive. That will cause the oil to cease flowing. That will cause the spirit to cease moving. In the house of God is when there's no longer any empty vessels that are ready to be filled. God give us many vessels that are longing to be filled. God give us empty vessels that are longing to be filled. The third thing that happened in that miracle and the point that I shared that morning was the, the widow was instructed to close the door behind her and her boys and from that one pot of oil to pour the oil from that one pot into all of those other vessels. And if you weren't here that morning, the miracle ends up like this. There was more than sufficient by the time they filled all those vessels up, they were able to pay the debt, and then the prophet told her that for the rest of her days, her and her sons would be able to live off that pot of oil, which means God would continue to fill the pot of oil. But all distractions had to be removed. Go in, shut the door behind you. There had to be no motivation to gain attention for yourself. There was a great element of spiritual privacy that was needed. Let me just stop here and say something that is going to come across maybe a little strong, but there are too many that want the public display of the Spirit but don't want to pay the private price to receive it. 
It had to be a private thing when she poured the oil from one container into another. Well, along with the desperate need for oil that I shared two weeks ago, the Lord has, has, has been dealing with my heart and, and about God calling us to be, to be people that are keepers of the oil. That it's our responsibility to prepare and preserve and protect the oil. Now, I realize I read from an Old Testament passage, and two weeks ago, the miracle was from an Old Testament passage, but I want you to listen to me. And some of you are going you're gonna to fluff me off and tell me I've lost my mind, and that's okay. But some of you are going to get this today. You need to listen to a New Testament verse of Scripture. For a New Testament believer... It's found in 1 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. Listen to what it says. It says these words. But the anointing, that's the oil, which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you. When we receive something and it's a revelation... It might have been a man that communicated it, but it was the Spirit that opened our eyes and ears to see it and to hear it and to receive it. And he goes on to say that same anointing oil teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. This is what I want you to know. The oil is resident within you, spirit-filled, spirit-led child of God. One of my former staff members from my days in Fredericksburg, he has a tremendous testimony, and I asked him if he would take the time to share that. It happened about, about 20 years ago, but it impacted me, and I never forgot it. So, Pastor Jeff... Jeff Padgett, share with us. Hi, my name is Jeff Padgett, and I serve on staff with Pastor Jones. Uh, back when he was in Spotsylvania Church of God years and years ago was Encounter Church now. Uh, but he wanted me to take some time and to share uh, with you good folks uh, something that happened to me back around the year 2000-2001 and uh, something quite extraordinary uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, we were, I, at this time I wasn't his executive pastor at the time, but I was his youth pastor. And so whenever we uh, would get together for the youth services, uh, before service we would pray, and this particular week we were having a youth revival, and it was uh, back in, in the designated area where we would have our youth services, and the evangelist, uh, uh, Brother J. R. Gurley, uh, would come and join us in prayer. So we had the leaders in the back, and we were praying. And I remember this one particular incident where I took a folding chair because we hadn't set up the chairs for the service yet. And so what I did is I grabbed a metal chair and I uh, basically just in the middle of the room, unfolded it, got down and began to pray. And as I was praying, I felt something, it was very odd because it was kind of uh, cold and wet, just uh, on the tip of my nose. And 
I thought, what in the world is this? Because I hadn't gotten to the place where I was necessarily crying and have a cold. And so I opened my eyes and I looked down. And when I looked down, I happened to see uh, that there was like, it, it almost felt like a, um, I guess like a cooking oil type thing. Uh, that was on the tip of my nose and there was a puddle that was about two to three inches in diameter in my uh, chair. So I thought it was very odd and I noticed there was little specks of different colors uh, mixed in uh, with that uh, oil substance. And so I basically just kind of asked this, you know, interrupted JR the evangelist at that time and I asked him, I said, uh, would you mind coming to take a look at this and see if you can maybe help me out and uh, give some clarity to this because I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here. So I, we walked back over to the chair. When we walked back over to the chair, uh, there was nothing in the chair. It was like it had dried up, but there was a residue of where the puddle was. You could see like a ring or an outline uh, of the location of where the oil was. And he basically bent down and he smelled the oil and he got very excited. And he said, this actually is anointing oil. And I know this because this is the oil that came back from Israel, um, that I brought back from Israel. I uh, got someone, I went over to the Holy Land and this is the original recipe for the anointing oil. Uh, I know this because I have this in back in my office. And so, I didn't understand what that was. It was very odd. It was there and oil doesn't dry up. And I asked him, I said, you know, oil, does that like dissipate? I knew the answer, but you know, I just needed a second opinion. And so he had said, no, oil does not dissipate. That, that's God's up to something. And I knew that. And so I just said, well, I'm going to make it a point to pray. We had a service that night, wonderful service. God really moved and then the next morning, I received a call from my mother. Now, keep in mind, other than myself and JR, no one else knew about this. And so my mom calls me, she's very much a prayer warrior. And so when she calls me, she asks me, she says, uh, is, is there anything going on? I said, why do we have a youth revival uh, this week? And it's been going really well. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, have you had something, uh, you, you must have had something supernatural happen to you. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, this is what the Lord gave me to tell you. I want, she said, and this is the word of the Lord. She said, maybe you can explain it to me, but I don't know what it means. She said, the oil that you've experienced is just a portion of the oil that is going to come as an anointing to your ministry. And I was, you know, very much taken aback by that because I thought, you know, who am I, first of all? Uh, to even have something happen like that to me. But God uses ways to get our attention in such a way that maybe we don't, um, you know, if, if he were to try it another way, like he did with someone else, we may miss it or it, it may be bypassed in that respect. But God's got a way of grabbing our attention. Uh, he knows how to meet us at the point of our need. And that's what he did. He said, for, for, I guess for me to kind of have this understanding and, and stop long enough, because you know, ministry can get you going and you don't uh, slow down like you should. I can do that as well. And I think God was trying to say, look, I want to do more. I want to put more into you. I want to bless you more. I want you to bless others more. 
And I want you to know that this is not just something that uh, there's going to be a word spoken over you might so many times that happens, but I wanted you to know that I'm going to give you a supernatural encounter to understand and to see what I'm going to do in your life and in your ministry. And God has certainly used that and fulfilled that. Like I said, that was years ago, or well over, you know, 20 years ago now. Now that I think about it, boy, Pastor, Pastor Jones is getting really old. But uh, that aside, uh, no, it, honestly, though, it was really, really something that has always stuck with me. It's always stuck with my mom. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, take a moment, Pastor. Like I said, he asked me to share this. And so I just wanted to... Uh, let you know that whatever whatever you're dealing with, whatever uh, you're facing in life, God has got a special anointing that has, He has put on each and every one of us. And I want you to know that that anointing is definitely something that God will do through your life as well, just like He's done mine. God bless and thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. Can someone give the Lord praise? Is that not an awesome testimony? Let me remind you of something that I have shared many times since I've been here. Because we have a tendency to look at our temple and say that we are made up of extremities and a bunch of internal organs. And we get caught up in that so much. But let me tell you, we are not, friend, a body with a soul. We are, in fact, souls that happen to be living in a body. And I'm telling you today that the Spirit of God has directed me to share with you that Spirit-filled, Spirit-led children of God are keepers of the oil of heaven. Let's talk about it a little bit this morning. God, what do you want me to do? Jesus, where do you want me to serve? Pastor, how can I help out? I have a lot to offer. And too many come to this uh, this realization and want to make sure other people know that it is time and high time and past time that my talents and gifts be recognized, that people understand what I can bring to the table, to the church, to the ministry, to the kingdom of God. And we see in this narrative this morning that David, the greatest king of Israel's history, tapped a man by the name of Joash, and this is what he said to him. He said, Joash, I have appointed you to be my keeper of the oil. That one phrase, I've appointed you to be my keeper of the oil. Well, that sounds great, king. What does it entail? Well, it means, Joash, that you're going to oversee all of the oil supply in the land. This oil is extremely important, Joash, because if you remember in the, in the law, we use this oil for meat offerings. When meat offerings are about to be offered to Jehovah, we pour oil over them. You can find that in Leviticus chapter 2 and verse 1. When there's time to offer a trespass offering, from Leviticus chapter 7 and verse 10, that trespass offering has to be mingled with oil. When the leper comes back into the camp and they're looking to be restored into the camp of God's people and they appear before the priest, the Bible says that oil is critical to the cleansing process according to Leviticus chapter 14. To remind you, Joash, in Exodus 29 and in 1 Samuel 16, when we anoint priests, when we anoint kings, when we anoint prophets, oil is needed for such a sacred and divine calling. 
Joash, you need to understand that the lamps throughout the king's court and throughout the city, they must have oil for fuel. Oil is used for commerce and medicine and cooking and even as a base for cosmetics as well as anointing those that have passed on from this world into the next. In other words, Joash, there is all kinds of uses for oil, very practical uses, but also very much divine uses. And so, Joash, the assignment that I'm giving to you is a tremendous assignment. It's a heavy work. It's a heavy responsibility. But I am personally choosing you. What you will be doing, Joash, will not only serve the current generation and the current people that live among us, but it will also play a role in future generations as well. Now, friend, what you need to understand today from that one phrase of Scripture is that Joash's job was not flashy. Joab, Joash's job did not bring a lot of attention. I mean, he served the king, but he did it in a dark, damp cellar. He did it in a basement. He served the king away from the glamour of the king's court. There was not too many visitors, not too many friends that were going to come to that damp and cold cellar. He served the king in a place that was out of sight and out of mind. In fact, he was Joash the cellar dweller. He had a vanishing ministry, if you will. He, he had to, and you got to get this, he had to remain at his post. It was not just a post that he could come and go as he pleased. He needed to stay at his post all the time to prepare the oil and preserve the oil and to protect the oil. I imagine when I read all those other names, names very difficult to pronounce, I imagine that it must have been challenging for Joash when others had much more prestigious uh, uh, duties. Like over all the king's treasuries, there was a man named Asmaveth. Over all the storehouses in the fields and in the cities and in the villages was Jehonathan. Over the labor force tilling the ground was Ezra. Over the olive trees where the oil came from, the oil groves was Belhanan. I mean, Belhanan is over miles and miles and miles of olive trees out in the sun. Hundreds of workers under his supervision. But Joash is guarding the oil in the cellar. There's nothing to tell us there that uh, Joash had anyone that he was supervising. It's quite possible that he was just the inventory man, the control man to make sure that no one contaminated the oil, that no one stole the oil, that no one had access to the oil except the proper people in charge. Not one ounce could be missing. Every ounce was important, an inventory that had uh, to be kept. Do you understand today that Joash was unnoticed? Do you understand that Joash's job no doubt was uncomfortable? That Joash's job had a lot of lonely times? But I've come by to preach this morning that this cellar dweller was used by God for the purposes of the king. And I again stand behind this sacred sacred desk today and ask you the question, will you be a keeper 
of the oil? Will you prepare the oil? Will you preserve the oil? Will you protect the oil? Again, that oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And just as the oil Joash guarded for the king, so it is used. The Holy Spirit is used for comfort. Thanks be unto God for comfort. Anybody know about comfort? Anybody know when you're going through a tragic time in this world? What do we do? We pray, Holy Spirit, come down and comfort the brokenhearted. Thanks be unto God for those that come by and speak a word in due season. They're used of the Holy Spirit to speak comfort into your life and into your heart. We think they're just using words, but there's those times when suddenly we realize they're not just speaking words. God has sent them by this day, this moment, this hour to speak a word of comfort into my dark world and I receive it in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you who they are. They are Joash to you. They are keepers of the oil and they spread comfort and and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Then there is healing. We know that the oil of the Holy Spirit brings healing and that's why James said if any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray the prayer of faith over them and let them anoint them with oil you may think all of that is unnecessary but let me tell you something you get desperate enough and the doctor has no answer and the psychiatrist has no answer and the family counselor has no answer you don't mind standing in front of a group of believers and say slap all the oil you can on me if it'll bring about my miracle Thank God for the oil of the Holy Spirit that brings healing to our lives. The oil of the Holy Spirit brings illumination. When the oil of the Holy Spirit is present, when it rises up within us, we see revelation and truth like we've never seen it before. Oh, praise God. you got to have oil if you're going to have a lamp. And the Bible says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus said these words. He said the letter killeth, but it is the spirit that gives life. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying when the oil of the spirit gets into the word of God, revelation comes, truth comes, decisions come, wisdom comes, knowledge comes. You didn't know which way to go and you went to the world. Oh, praise the Lord. You went to the word of God and you opened Open the blessed book and all of a sudden the words leaped off the pages into your spirit. I'll tell you what that was. That wasn't just the words of the Bible, but it was the oil of the Holy Spirit. The illumination of the Spirit that led you in which way you should go. The oil of the Spirit brings comfort. The oil of the Spirit brings healing. The oil of the Spirit brings illumination. The oil of the Spirit brings anointing. I never want to step up behind this sacred pulpit without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Spirit. But Jesus made us a promise. He said that the Holy Spirit shall be with you, but shall also be in you. Now, I know some of you heard that testimony, and you doubted it. I know you did, because it sounds far-fetched. But one thing I know about the Lord, the Lord is always working 
in the supernatural realm. The Lord is always working in the invisible realm. And praise the Lord every so often. That prayer you've been praying, that need you've been lifting to the Lord, it's been going on for weeks and months and years maybe. But then all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden the answer comes. And you say to yourself, man, it took a long time to get here. No, the reality was God heard you the first time you prayed it and sent the answer on its way. It may have had to go through all kinds of battles in the outer heavens like it did for Daniel. But what I'm trying to get through to you is this reality the anointing the oil of the spirit is inside of the spirit filled spirit led child of God and praise God for those times that the invisible becomes visible that the supernatural becomes natural and we see with our naked eyes God's been working all along because of the oil of the spirit Let me tell you something. A greater than King David is in the house today. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, this morning in Pulaski, Virginia, is looking for some believers willing to be keepers of the oil. Y'all out there? Now when you keep the oil, you represent holiness, encouragement, illumination, the presence and glory of God. When you keep the oil, you represent God's light shining in a dark place. Mm. The five foolish virgins that missed the wedding feast missed it because they compromised their oil supply. Mm. Keepers of the oil keep the lights on in the house of God. I'm not talking about the Appalachian power or the Atmos bill. I'm talking about the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. We can roll up in here week in and week out and we can have the electric. We can have the gas. The lights can be at capacity and fully colored. But if we don't have the oil of the Holy Spirit, we're wasting our time and energy. We've got to have the oil. We must continue to be keepers of the oil. Well, Pastor, how how do we keep the lights on and keep the oil replenished? Well, let me give you a few ideas. You keep the oil by consistent giving and clean living. (laughs) Oh, I feel a meddlesome spirit coming up in here. You can't sow wild oats all week long and then pray for a crop failure on Sunday morning. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. 
You can't live like the devil and hold hands with the world and then come in and say, Oh, Lord, give me some of the oil of your spirit. Well, what's the solution? you got to empty yourself. She was told, go get empty vessels. God's looking for empty vessels. We keep the oil by plain preaching and public teaching. Not going to dress it up. Haven't to this moment, don't plan on starting. The Word of God is the Word of God. And whether you're in a conversation one-on-one, or whether you're standing in front of a group of folks teaching or preaching the gospel, whether you're trying to witness, don't beat around the bush with it. Tell them the truth. Some of you can love into the kingdom. Some you can, man, I'm telling you, put your arms around them and they'll just melt like butter under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But there's a whole lot of them that are stubborn. They're hard. They're stiff-necked. But you know what? They still need the gospel message. Yes, primarily they need to know that Jesus loves them. But they also need to know there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And they may not ever step through the doorway of the Pulaski Church of God, but they still need someone with the oil of the Spirit inside of them to share the news of eternity. Keep the oil by solid witness and spiritual fitness. We keep the oil by, by singing and shouting and praying and praising. Send it on down, Lord. Send it on down. We keep the oil by loving the Savior, the sinner, and the saint. Oh, I love Jesus. And I love all lost people. But I can't stand Sister Sally. You got dead flies in your oil. I think I told you this a couple weeks ago. But if my wife and I go into a restaurant and we spot a couple flies, we may endure the meal, but we probably won't be back. And when a restaurant makes her list, it takes a long time to get back on there. flies are disgusting scripture even talks about the flies stinking up the ointment of the apothecary flies I believe it's the name Beelzebub which is the name for Satan that's also synonymous with the lord of the flies Occasionally, others will see you keeping the oil. Here's what's tough. Here's what's difficult, what's challenging for a lot of spirit-filled believers. There are many times you have to exemplify Joash, and no one will see you keeping the oil. Keep the oil anyway. Because when no one else is watching, the king is watching. When no one else takes notice, the king of glory is keeping a record. (laughs) You keep keeping the oil, and while you're keeping the oil, Jesus is keeping a record of you keeping the oil. I want to 
One of the biggest challenges in the Christian church in these last days is that there are too many celebrities and not enough cellar dwellers keeping the oil. My God. Oh, Lord, you got to help me this morning. Sometimes we need to be reminded that all the glory belongs to the Lord. I said this on Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, and I sincerely try to make this my prayer. Give me, Lord, a vanishing ministry like John the Baptist. What do you mean, preacher? John the Baptist said it best. Jesus must increase, and I must decrease. Give me just a couple of more minutes. Be a keeper of the oil. Be a keeper of the Holy Spirit. Joash guarded the oil, and as he did, we must guard against thieves trying to steal the oil. I so desperately want revival. I so desperately want to see and experience a genuine move of God. Thursday night, I heard our state overseer, our new state overseer, with the, with the cry and the plea to us pastors and pastors' wives and ministers that our revival, that we need revival in our communities. And he said something that just really stuck with me said, he prays that revival will come, that people will find it hard not to get saved. Wow. They'll find it hard not to get saved. There was a time in some of you silver-haired saints, remember it, when there wasn't nice heating and air conditioning and padded seats. There was hard benches, sawdust on the floor, and the windows were open in the summertime. And it was hot. It was miserable. There was pot belly stoves in the wintertime. But I guarantee you if I pass the mic around, there'd be some of you that would be able to tell me stories right here in Pulaski, maybe down on East Main, when the singing would become so powerful and the preaching would become so powerful that sinners walking by the church would run into the house of God and run to the altar and give their heart to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what was happening. That was happening because the oil of the Holy Spirit that was resident within spirit-filled people was flowing out into the community and I say God send it again send the oil of your spirit into the house of God and into the community but thieves of complacency they want to steal the oil thieves of apathy doubt want to steal the oil My pastor always said, you can't finish in the flesh what you started in the spirit. And you that have that oil of the spirit inside of you, if you try to share 
the glory of God. You try to steal God's glory. Thieves will come in and steal your oil. Be a watchman over your oil. Joash, ain't no one stealing the king's oil. Ain't no one corrupting the king's oil. I guarantee you weren't going to find any flies in the basement where the cellar dweller was. Mm, Holy Spirit. My wife and I was talking the other day, and maybe I shouldn't say this as being recorded, so be it. But I asked her a question. And this is not about me, not about her. It's just a simple truth. I said, when our time comes to join the age of the retired folks, I looked at Fred and Kenny this morning. How you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're both retired. I'm like, what's your point, man? I'm not. But I asked her the question the other day. Who will we sit under to minister the gospel to our hearts? You're looking at a dying breed of a Pentecostal preaching. Man, it grieves me. Our children deserve a living faith. Our our children deserve more than just memories and stories of glory days gone by. There's Joe Ashes sprinkled throughout this congregation. Faithful folks who for years... Years, 50, 60 years, you've been keepers of the oil. We owe you a great debt of gratitude. You see, a structure can burn to the ground, but that doesn't shut down the church of Jesus Christ. And we owe not only a great debt of gratitude, but they... As they passed the torch, the oil-filled lanterns onto each and every one of us. Will we continue to make sure that the oil is present? Joe Ash, you're the man. Well, I'm not sure that suits me. I don't see anything like that in there. I just see a man saying, yes, king. If you want me to be a keeper of the oil, I'll do it. I'll keep the thieves away. I'll keep the flies away. I'll make sure that none of the inventory is missing. I will do my part. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit.
body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I've read a New Testament statement to you that says that you've got the anointing oil abides in you. It abides. Jeff's testimony just confirms it to me. For Jeff, God wanted him to experience the manifestation in the natural. And that's what he experienced. But it's in us. Thought when you got the Holy Ghost, all you did was speak in tongues. Now you got the fullness of his spirit. When you came to the Lord, it was the spirit that drew you. You got a, a measure of his spirit at your salvation because if you have not the spirit of Christ you are none of his Jesus told Nicodemus you have to be born of the flesh and born of the spirit the spirit was involved in drawing you and bringing about salvation but oh when you got filled with the Holy Ghost when you got filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> it took on a whole new dimension John is saying that that anointing is inside of you. Tony, come to the keys if you would. If I have to remain a cellar dweller, that will be fine. But I'm not allowing anyone to steal my oil. I'm not allowing anyone to corrupt my oil. If they try to come and steal my oil, they'll have a fight on their hands. I can't allow myself to get focused upon man. Too many, too many spirit-filled believers allow a person or persons, a pastor, a spouse, someone, a child, a parent, they allow them to compromise the oil inside of them. Not going to happen with this vessel. I'll ask you this morning. Would you like to be anointed with oil? Are you determined to be a keeper of the oil? You know, I grew up in Pentecost. I remember those altar services. You'd be seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have one person on one side beating you on the left shoulder saying, let go, let go, let go. Somebody on the right side is going, hold on, hold on, hold on. I remember those well. I remember some mighty, mighty moves of God. When somebody was sick, you stopped everything and you had prayer for them and you anointed them with oil.
I say, that's what I know. I don't. This is out of obedience to the Word of God. It don't have to be a 40-second prayer with every person. You can walk by, put some oil on them, and say, Jesus, touch them. My God, my God. And Jesus will touch them. And the prayer of faith. Anybody want to be anointed with oil? Maybe you're sick in body. Anybody determined to be a keeper of the oil? Anybody in the house? Say, I want to be anointed with oil. This make a single line right across the front. My God. Are you determined to be a keeper of the oil? You need the Holy Ghost? My God, I feel His Spirit. You need the Holy Ghost? You got to begin to pray. You can't expect him to give you the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, which is speaking in tongues, if you don't praise him. I don't have to know your need. It may be a physical need. My God, my God. Don't, don't get weary raising your hands. But if you're really surrendering, we're just going to come by and say, God, anoint them right now. <laughs> What's this going to be like? I don't know. It don't matter. Holy Ghost ain't hurt nobody before. I ain't never seen the Holy Ghost hurt a soul. I've seen some people go down in the flesh, probably got up a little sore, but I ain't never seen no one hurt by the Holy Ghost. I'm, he's in this place. Come on, you gotta stay with me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands all over this place. Lift your hands in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we, we anoint with oil in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name that is above all names. We, I'm telling you, just surrender yourself to it right now. The Spirit of God is in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, oil from heaven. Oh, oil from heaven. Spring up from within. Flow from within. God's got an assignment for some folks this week. Oh, you got to be a keeper of the oil. You need to be anointed. My Lord, my Lord, you need to be anointed with oil. Here I am. Hallelujah. See her tender heart, God. Anoint her like you did King Josiah and Joash at a young age. Like you did Hannah. Lord, when you raised her up like you did Mary. My Lord, my God. Come on, stay with me, saints. Stay with me, saints. Don't get weary. In the name of Jesus. 
Oh, Lord, we simply obey the word of the living God. May the virtue of heaven flow over this place. Oh, yes, healing, 